So how is January in this new year, 2023, treating you so far, my friend? Did it start with a bang? Did you stay up all night on New Year's Eve? Did you have a party? Did it start with a purr? Or, in my case, a snore? (laughs) I was just getting over the stomach flu, so I was in bed early. Or maybe you're having trouble getting it started at all. Are you sticking to some resolutions? Maybe following through on some good intentions. Maybe like me, you're just trying to make the most of each day. I am trying to be emotionally present in each and every day. And I'm looking forward to some upcoming events. Maybe a few things that you have circled on the calendar. Maybe uh, this is one of those days that you're listening to this podcast. It's certainly one of those days for me because I get to speak to a rock icon John Oates is half of the best-selling duo of all time, Hall & Oates. Daryl Hall and John Oates. I met them decades ago. But did you know he's also an accomplished solo artist? Did you know he's a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? The American Songwriters Hall of Fame. A recipient of numerous industry awards. Has multiple Grammy nominations under his guitar strap and is a hell of a nice guy. Since partnering with Daryl Hall in the early 70s, their 21 albums have sold over 80 million albums, making them the most successful duo in rock history. They've scored 10, 10 number one records, over 20 top 40 hits. They've toured the world over and over many times over the last four decades. Their involvement in the original Live Aid and the We Are the World charity recordings established them as legendary artists and very charitable. John Oates embarked on a solo career back in 1999. He has since recorded seven solo albums with the Good Road Band. In addition, his 2017 autobiography, Change of Season, became an Amazon bestseller. Today, we're going to be talking about his most recent release. It is a single, and I just listened to it before I came into the studio. I listened to it a couple of times over the last week, and then I listened to it again just a minute ago. It's called Pushing a Rock, and we're going to catch up with John Oates and what he has planned for this new year, and I want to talk specifically about this song because when I listen to the lyrics of it, it seems so apropos for the times we are living in right now, pushing a rock. So that is what we're going to be talking about. First, I'm going to shine a little light and share a little love with one of my podcast sponsors. If you're going to wear glasses, there's one brand of frames I recommend. You have to look for it, but it's worth it. The brand is called Eyes of Faith Optical. I discovered this brand. I fell in love with their style of frames. I wear them every day now and get so many compliments. It was only after I discovered the beauty of their frames did I discover the subtle message hidden on the inside of every frame, a scripture from the Bible. Their purpose is not only to provide you with a great frame, but to help others too. Eyes of Faith Optical shares a generous amount of the money they earn to improve the lives and eyesight of so many others, many of them less fortunate than you and I. See their frames and choose the ones that make you feel great when you wear them. 
eofoptical.com is their website. You're going to love what you discover. eofoptical.com. Hi, John Oates. It's been a while since we spoke. Welcome. I know. It's been forever. Been forever. But uh, I do have to thank you because because of you and Daryl, I got a dog that was a part of my family and then part of my godson's family for decades. I came to see you at a show, and when I left the parking lot, somebody had dumped a dog there. (laughs) Well, um, so, okay. (laughs) So we ended up taking it, seeing if it was chipped, putting up signs. Nobody claimed it. So Freckles was a part of our family for many years, which did it couple of things brought a lot of love. And number two, every time I would look at Freckles, I would think of the great time I had at your show. Awesome. Well, that's that's great. You deliver so much energy on stage. Well, well, we've uh, we've been doing it a long time. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a ride. How many years? Oh, more than 50, believe it or not. That's amazing. And you look fantastic. Crazy, right? Are you still up in the Seattle area? I am. I am. Okay. I'm in the basement of my home, which is only seven miles outside of Seattle as the crow flies, but the crow has to fly over water. And so it's like, it <laughs> right. feels like it's a million miles away. I got you. When I try to get uh, my family or anybody to come to the farm, they're like, oh, we got to ride the ferry or drive around. So <laughs> you got to drive 75 miles to come to my house if you drive around. Well, it's a beautiful area. That's, that's for sure. It is. Where is home for you? We just, uh, we were in Colorado for the last uh, month, and we just literally flew back last night. We're back in Nashville now, so we divide our time between Nashville and our house in Colorado. Not uh, not bad areas to divide your time no, between. No, I think we picked two good spots. Yeah. So, are you a skier? Do you love the well, snow? I, yes, I've been a skier for my whole life since I've been a kid, uh, but I've kind of, I've dropped, uh, I've dropped off going down the mountain now. Now I just do cross-country skiing. Uh, I love it. I've 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 kind of got hooked on skate skiing, Nordic skate skiing, and that's what I do. And I just stay fit that way. And I don't get I don't hit a tree. I don't get hit by a a wild twenty year old snowboarder. So uh, yeah, so it's a good thing. Wow, I didn't try the Nordic skate skis, but I tried cross country skiing a few times with some very fit friends. We're like, oh, D, you're gonna love this. This is great. <laughs> Such a great workout. And I'm like, what is great about this? I'm dying. I am yes, dying, it's, people. It's, it's strenuous. But once you, you kind of get over the hump, it's um, it's a fantastic. I mean, you can go out for 30, 30, 40 minutes and you just get the most amazing workout in the world. Your lungs, your legs, your arms, your shoulders. I mean, it's it's great. I never got over the hump, I guess, because I was... <laughs> you have to work at it a bit. Yeah, yeah, I was dying. I like to put on the skis. I haven't done it in a few years. And then go really fast downhill, <laughs> See, realizing go... at any moment I could die. And that's why I don't go on the mountain anymore, because of people like people you. People like, like me. Who like to go really fast. <laughs> yeah, who like to go really fast and have no control whatsoever. So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> it's that adrenaline rush. Yeah, well, I used to love it. I've skied, I skied my whole life. So, but now, now it's a, my new philosophy is my, in, in life is a, my, my goal is to go out walking. That's a good goal. That's a lofty goal. It's simple, but it's very it's, simple. It's, and I probably will go out walking. I will probably be walking, step on a rake that hits my head, all, you know, <laughs> fall over. Like, I'm sure I'm going to have a non glorious exit. 
when God calls me home. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I wrote I wrote a book and in it I said I'm not afraid of being dead. I'm not afraid of of death at all. It's the getting there process that doesn't thrill me. <laughs> I understand. Uh, no, we want to do a podcast, John Oates, about you, about your amazing music, about your new song, which I've listened to a couple of times. The visual with it was very artistic, but the the lyrics of it, I was I was grooving on the lyrics. I had to actually stop watching the video because my brain can't concentrate on two things like that at once to listen <laughs> okay. to the lyrics. Well, good. I'm glad you listened to the lyrics. I, I, I put a lot of uh, time and effort into the lyrics. They're very important to me. I, I wanted to try to say something that was, uh, you know, at least profound from my point of view, and also something that was very heartfelt and of the moment for the type of thing that I'm kind of uh, thinking about in my life right now. So, so tell us about that, and and what brought you to pushing a rock. Well, the, the, first of all, the gestation of the song goes way back. It goes back to 2014. I was doing an album called uh, Good Road to Follow, and the, cons- the, the, the the whole theme of the album was that I was going to work with various producers and songwriters and kind of get into their heads and do something perhaps that would be something outside the musical box that I would normally do. Uh, I worked with Vince Gill and Ryan Tedder from One Republic and uh, a, a young pop group with Hot Shell Ray and all, and all sorts of people. And one of the people I collaborated with was... Um, Nathan Paul Chapman, who um, was the Taylor Swift's original producer. He started with her when she was a teenager and he did her original demos and got her her original contract and produced the first, I believe, three or four albums for Taylor. Um, but at the time, around 214 is when Taylor decided to go in a different musical direction and work with other people. And so I thought, well, that must, must be a kind of a pretty traumatic thing to lose that gig, so to speak as a producer and i called him up and i you know checked him out i said hey man how you doing he goes i'm in creative uncharted waters i don't know what i'm going to do and i said well how about if we start by writing a song and i went over to his house and i had this idea about struggle about overcoming something i didn't know what that was going to be and i used the um the old greek myth of sisyphus to uh to talk about um the fact that you know everyone in their life has struggles no matter where you are who you are your level of success or whatever uh, it doesn't matter you're still going to have to overcome something and that was the overarching theme to the to the idea we wrote the song um and you know i'll, I'll take full credit or responsibility for the fact that the record really didn't come out very well. Uh, I like the song. I thought the lyrics were really great, uh, but I, I didn't think I did a very good job producing the actual song itself. So flash forward now to the COVID time, and I'm sitting around the house looking at old songs and figuring out what I'm going to do. And I, I stumbled back upon the original song from 2014. And I said, you know what? This lyric is so good and it's so important now. It's just as is as pertinent and, and as important now during this COVID period that it, even more perhaps than it was back in 2014. So I basically rewrote the song. I just scrapped the music completely, used the words basically in, in, in its their entirety, uh, 99%, and uh, rewrote the song and re-recorded it. And then I called Nathan and I said, hey, man, uh, surprise, surprise, I rewrote the song we we wrote, and I uh, hope you like it. And he freaked out. And he said, man, this is amazing. He said, this is how it always should have sounded. So it was really great to to know that he was, you know, really on board. Um, and so now I feel really proud of the whole package, not only the lyrics, but the music that accompanied it. So that was like an eight-year pregnancy. 
Yeah, I guess you could call it that. Uh, but the, th- a the gestational it, process that took yeah, li- li- yeah, longer but, than an elephant. I know, but the good part of that eight years is that I, I didn't know I was pregnant for that eight years. Oh, that's good. I, yeah. I, I didn't care about the song until I revisited it. So, um, yeah. If I would have been, you know, stewing over it and marinating it over it for eight years, yes, that would have been traumatic for sure. Well, I did not know that backstory, but when I listened to it, I thought that it was written for and about what we went through with, you know, the COVID shutdowns. Yes. Well, so in, it's in like a sense it was. <laughs> In a way, you guys were prophets. You know what I mean? Like, you- well, you know, sometimes you get a universal theme, something that transcends, uh, you know, time, and and that's what that is. You know, every here again, struggle is a is a human condition that 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 we all deal with, and we have dealt with historically through to the beginning of time. I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's here again. It's it was such a, a universal theme that um, it just needed the right musical setting to to really bring it, put it over the top. And you have been actively working, I understand, my notes say, with uh, Movember. Yes, we just finished a big promotion for in during the month of November, just that recently passed. Uh, yeah, Movember is a great uh, male health, uh, mental health, and um, ma- uh, you know, physical health organization that that it really doesn't get the uh, the, the attention I believe that it should. Um, and uh, they asked me to be part of it. You know, it has to do with men growing mustaches and solidarity of of all that. And of course, me having you know the mustache guy. You know, over the years, your your mustache is very understated right now. Well, it's just as over gray, the years, you know? it's been. Uh, you know, when I first met you, I first met you back in, I want to say 1983, 1984 at KLSY in Seattle. You guys came mm-hmm. through on a record yep, tour. Yep, Your mustache was really big then. Well, yeah, but it was, it was big, but it was black, you know, because <laughs> my hair was black. So, you know, uh, now it's gray, so it has a little more subtlety to yeah, it. Yeah, it's very subtle. Very, very nice. Very handsome. Thank you. So about Movember and why you decided to uh, team up with them, uh, we knew it in Oregon as No Shave November. And uh, now right. it's kind of morphed exactly. into Movember. And it wasn't yes. just a mustache. You had to do, the guys had to do the whole No Shave period. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And, you know, it's an, the organization started in England. Um, you know, over in England, they call they one of the, you know, the kind of the slangs for mustaches are is a mo. You've got a mo, they call it instead of they don't use the word stash. They just say mo. Um, and that's where Movember kind of started. And I met with the people who the organizers, they're really cool. Uh, they were really cool. They had some great ideas about ways of communicating that uh, that men should be more uh, cognizant of, of what's going on and with them physically and mentally. And, and there's a big issue with that. And I think, you know, uh, the thing that, that kind of really pushed me to want to do it even more than the fact that it was a great organization was the fact that I realized that the women's health movement is very proactive and very, uh, the women seem to have been able to communicate the idea of breast cancer and some of the other things that, that are uh, important. Healthy for Heart health. Month, Go Red for Health. Yeah, for exactly. Heart. And, and done in a really powerful way, in a really effective way. And I don't think the men's health movement has ever been really uh, promoted in that way. So I thought, you know, maybe by, you know, if, I, if I'm involved, maybe I could help a little bit. Men's health physically is talked about in my family and my surroundings, um, heart attacks and heart disease and diabetes and that sort of thing. But men's mental health, taboo 
Yeah. Taboo yeah. topic. I don't know if it's yeah. just my family, but the whole nation, but big time taboo topic for men and boys to talk about their mental health and where they're at or if they That's need true. help or if they're struggling. It's a, uh, you know, I, it has a little bit, to, uh, maybe a lot to do with, the, you know, with the macho thing. And men just don't tend to want to open up on certain subjects like that. You know, it can be can be viewed or it has at least traditionally be viewed as, as um, you know, a, a kind of a sign of weakness kind of thing. Uh, but it's not true. And, and, and I think what I did see in the course of being more involved with this was that the younger generation is much more open and much more accepting. And you see it with entertainers, you see it with sports people, the younger generation are definitely much more open to to addressing it and being more public about it and being more uh, outspoken about it. So that's, I guess that's a good sign because I think it's turned, I think, I think the older generation of men, especially very closed mouth and, you know, not wanting to deal with that sort of thing. So do you relate more to the younger generation? Are you more comfortable talking about struggles you might be facing or may have faced? Or are you more like, <laughs> like our generation where don't talk about it, don't bring it up? Well, I think I think a little of both. I think over the years, a lot of things that I that I experienced in my personal and professional life uh, over the years uh, have been, you know, rather traumatic and and mentally challenging. But a lot of that I never really wanted to talk about. Um, but now, as I've gotten older, and I feel like um, I feel like if I can be a, a you know a beacon in a, in a sense, or you know someone who you know, hey, I here's this older guy who's been through a lot, had a lot of experiences in life, and maybe that that carries some weight. Um, and so I'm much more open now about talking about things that that uh, you know that I had to that were challenging for me. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. So biggest challenge that you feel you've overcome that you're comfortable sharing with our audience? Biggest uh, thing that just slapped you in the face, maybe you never saw it coming, or maybe you did, 
and just thought you could handle it until you know you were Sisyphus and said, "I can't, yeah. I can't push this rock another day." That's right. I got it on my shoulder, and even with cross country skiing, I cannot carry <laughs> this weight another day. Well, that's one of the reasons I do get outside and, and go cross country skiing and biking and hiking to kind of clear my mind. But that being said, um, I think you know, that, sure, there were a number of things. You know, if you've been through, the, if you've been in the music business for fifty years, you've experienced a lot of uh, stuff. You know, I don't know. What's that great uh, Hunter Thompson quote? You know, the music business is this long tunnel of, you know, deceit and blah, 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 blah. And then he goes through all these terrible things. And then at the end, he says, and then there is a negative side. Yeah. But anyway, and then there is uh, <laughs> you know, you know, the one I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. quoting it very well. I wish I had it in front of me anyway. Um, no, but here's the thing, you know, overall, what I think that, that was the most uh, powerful lesson and the powerful um, you know, thing that's happened to me over the years was putting trust in people uh, and then having that trust not turn out quite so well. And real, you know, being being a little too, I think it's my nature. I like to try to see the good in people. I like to believe that people are inherently good. And when you when you're a person like that, uh, you can be easily manipulated and taken advantage of. And it has a lot to do with business, but it also has a lot to do with create with with the creative uh, collaborations with people who you thought you know, hey, this will be a great situation. Seems like a you know a good situation. So um, I think just in general, without going into specifics, um, you know, just the idea of uh, of of having your your trust not be uh, reciprocated and and having it used kind of in a way to uh, manipulate situations. I think that's that's the best I can say. And when it's somebody that you've worked with for a long time, or like you said, somebody you're collaborating with and you're excited and then you're like, wait a minute, you're using my my goodness, my good heart hurts. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? It's, a, it's, it's life lessons. And, you know, you, you, uh, the the best thing about that's those type of situations is if you can if you can rebound from them you know in in one piece and you can learn from them and then move on and you know I'm I'm a big I'm a big believer in karma and I'm a big believer in uh, letting things go and uh, accepting certain things and then moving on from them and it's important to move on it's important to uh, when you know when you're pushing a rock uphill and it rolls back down then just roll with it keep on going keep on going. Yeah, well, I just go play. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, that's what I do too. I that's can't I handle too. this. I gotta go do an art piece of art. I gotta go paint. I gotta go walk my horse. I gotta go out in the barn. There you go. I'm, I'm the same way. I go. I go up in the mountains, uh, or I just pick up my guitar and uh, strum away, and uh, or I go for a drive in the country. Uh, I love to drive. I'm a I'm an ex race driver, and uh, I love to uh, drive on a country road with nothing but the sound of the wind. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a therapy for me. Uh, sounds wonderful. My, uh, my podcast producer knows a lot of people in the record industry. And one of those people uh, said to her when she was setting up this interview for me that Daryl Hall and John Oates are two of the most musically talented geniuses that, you know, there's other names that you might recognize bigger or who are big hits right now. But he said that you are a talented genius and the way he was talking about your genius and your ability to bring elements together i wish that i had recorded that i wish that she had recorded that so i could play it for you because 
when she was telling me, I was just grinning ear to ear because I've noticed this thing about me as I get older, things that have meant a lot to me over the years, even if I don't mean anything to them, I have an ownership of them. Like my old high school or my old junior high. I bought a little radio station that's in my old junior high. And those memories, I I feel like I have an ownership of. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's got nothing to do with me. (laughs) I left there 45 (laughs) years ago. But same with you and your music, because you guys were one of the first big names that I met back in the day. I have always felt kind of an ownership in a weird way. And then when you've invited me to go to your shows and do different things, when I heard that, I don't know, it just made my heart smile. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, you know, we go back a ways now, don't we? Um, but I, I'll tell you though, I do, um, I have to, uh, I, I have a little problem with the word genius. You know, it gets, it gets thrown around a little too loosely. You know, there's an element of, of divine inspiration combined with a lot of hard work and craftsmanship. And, uh, I think sometimes people want to want to lump those two things together into uh, and use the word genius to kind of describe that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll make it real simple. Um, I think Daryl Hall is a genius. I think I'm at the I'm at the edge of genius. At the edge. Well, I know I'm at the edge of genius because I know what my IQ score is. <laughs> so I know exactly uh, I, where I, I am. know there are people who would not even be able to score on an IQ test and yet they have genius. <laughs> well, believe it or not, believe it, I'm on the cusp of genius. Yeah, me too. I know what mine is and I'm I'm on the edge, but <laughs> but I'm not there. <laughs> I was probably getting myself in trouble the day I took the test anyway, because that's all right. Yeah. Hey, you listen, when I took the test, it was in the 70s. So God knows I don't even know how I even scored. Exactly. I was I I was I was having a lot of fun back then. I still have a lot of fun. I have a an adult daughter that lives uh at my farm now and she's got four kids and she always shakes her head and goes, "Mom, I had no idea that you had this much fun when you were young." Because, you know, now she's <laughs> Yeah. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, don't tell don't the tell younger anyone. kids, but um, Yeah, those days are over. Those days are gone. Yeah. Oh my god, when you guys used to tour uh when I would go to your shows back in the 80s, you would you guys would play for like 3 hours. It was amazing. Yeah, well, you know, youthful energy, but hey, look, you know, Bruce Springsteen plays for 3 and 4 hours and he's way up there in age. So, you know, you can still do it. You got to just keep your keep your act together. We're getting caught up with John Oates, and I am loving it. We'll have more to talk about, but let's chat about something equally important, my podcast sponsor. My friends, family, and listeners know my love of tea, especially all things that come from the Bigelow blends. Did you know that they have an incredible line of wellness teas called Bigelow Benefits? Benefit Tea Blends help to fuel our bodies with quality ingredients that are both good for you and full of aromatic flavor. Maintaining our health is important all the year through, but the months spent indoors can be especially challenging. With blends such as lemon and echinacea to support our immune system, rose and mint for stress relief, chamomile and lavender for a good night's sleep, and others that help to create balance, focus, and even one to help calm tummies. They've got me and my family covered. 
cold weather is coming. But you can rise to the challenge like the satisfying steam from a hot mug of Bigelow Benefits Wellness Tea. Let's commit to keeping ourselves as healthy as we can by sipping a cup together. So what makes you, when you get up in the morning, uh, John, what what inspires you to face the day? What makes you want to jump out of bed? You said driving and cross-country skiing. Um, the first thing, you know, this is something that I started here again in, during COVID when I had a chance to get off the hamster wheel of touring and just stay at home. Uh, I started doing yoga, which I had never done before. And I always kind of poo-pooed it, you know, oh, the yoga guys with the, the, you know, the women and men with the yoga mats and the whole, you know, the the clothes and the whole culture. Um, but I started doing it and I got hooked and it was unbelievable transformation that happened uh, after I started doing it for a few months. And now I do it religiously. Uh, every morning, it's the first thing I do. Because you ask me what, what gets me up in the morning. And I literally, I get out of bed before I do anything else. And I do a very short, quick series of things that stretch me out and keep me moving. Um, and it works like a charm. And I never miss a day. So wow. that's the first thing. Then I'll go with a cup of coffee. And then I'll go see what happens after that. Well, I have a six-year-old, and right now I'm taking, I, I've got a foster situation where I'm taking care of a little girl who's deaf, who's four. Mm. So I don't, I don't have the luxury of deciding when I'm going to wake up, how I'm going to wake up. It's a, you know, it's a little fat hand in my face or, <laughs> <laughs> mom, I wet the bed, you know, <laughs> but that is inspiring. I might I might think of adding that to my New Year's healthier me routine. There you go. Well, it it works for me. That's all I can say. I'm good for you. Plans and hopes and dreams for this new year. <sighs> you got some eclectic music projects coming up. I, I have yes, I have my year already planned. Um, I have a single coming out February third. I'm, I'm going to be releasing a series of digital singles. Uh, Pushing a rock was the first one. And of course, you know, we had to put a little hiatus uh, during Christmas because everyone, you know, has Christmas music. But now I have a new single. It's called Disconnected, and I'm really proud of it. Uh, again, this is a song that I started many years ago and never finished. And here during COVID, I finished it, and I'm really happy with it. It's about, you know, he, you know, well, it's just like the title says, Disconnected. It can mean a lot of things. Uh, so that comes out February 3rd. I'm going to next week. I'm shooting a video for that. Uh, I've got some acoustic shows. I'm doing a series of uh, video uh, lessons with a company called True Fire. And we're going to do some video guitar lessons and talking about uh, the history of American popular songwriting, about collaboration, about uh, accompaniment. And I'm doing that in January um, with with a with this company called True Fire, which will wait, be wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm writing this down because I, I'm already thinking of people I know and love that might want to look into taking those classes. Well, True Fire has a series of guitar uh, teachers, uh, great guitar teachers, amazing, some of the best in the world teaching guitar lessons online. Uh, and they reached out to me. And the first thing I said is, I, you, I said, you have some of the greatest guitar players in the world. What do you want me? And they said, we don't, we want you to do something different. We don't need you to teach guitar lessons per se, but talk about your experiences. So I came up with three themes and one of them is collaboration. One of them is is how to be an accompanist, which is a very kind of esoteric part of being a musician that a lot of people don't think about. 
you know, everyone wants to be the big guitar solo, you know, make the big guitar solo and, uh, you know, and, and do all that sort of thing and wow everybody with your chops. Uh, but actually there's a technique and a, and a, a subtle, a subtle, uh, discipline to being an accompanist, which is not, not really appreciated, I don't think. So I'm going to be talking about that, uh, with a good friend of mine named Guthrie Trapp, who's an amazing guitar player. And then I've, I'm doing a little bit of a kind of a mini seminar on the history of the American popular song, which goes back to, uh, the beginning of radio and the beginning of the record player, because essentially that's when American popular music truly began. Um, and so, uh, I'm a bit of a music historian. I like digging back into the old days. And so I, I'll be playing, talking about some things and playing some things, you know, music from the 1920s and 30s and 40s and leading up to rock and roll. Um, so I'll be doing that. And then I'm playing some, a series of acoustic shows as well, uh, here in America. And then I'm going to Europe with Beth Hart in the summer and doing a tour of Germany and uh, Western Europe. Yeah, you're right. Your whole year is planned out. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good up till about September. Maybe yeah. I'll come and see uh, one of your shows. Are you going to be on the West Coast at all? We're actually, you know what? We're working on some West Coast dates right now uh, for April into May. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. I'll let you know. We'll let you know. I would love to see you again, John. Thank you for taking time to spend with us. Oh, thanks. Well, it's always a pleasure. You're a great interviewer, and uh, I know you're a true music lover, so it makes it worthwhile. Oh, my gosh. And when you were talking about the history of, of radio, I just read an interesting article about the first radios that were put into cars and how Mm. that came about and the the two guys that collaborated to make them also invented things you know like rocket ships and 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 other amazing (laughs) stuff but it was fascinating to read the amount of energy and love and money that went into creating a device in our car that has created my life Mm-hmm. You know, most of the listening yeah. that people do to radio, even though I'm on at night, is when they're driving around in their car. Yeah. And it was really interesting. Yes. I, I sure. love digging into that kind of stuff, too. It just, I don't know, makes me smile. Oh, good. John Oates, thank you. Have a blessed, safe, wonderful, healthy uh, new year. And keep up the beautiful music and the great work. And Anybody who has not heard Pushing a Rock, uh, check it out. The video is haunting. It's very, uh, it'll, it'll grab you. It like sucks your eyes in. But you got to listen again with your eyes closed so you can really focus on the lyrics because I think we need those lyrics right now. Uh, spoken as a true music lover. I love it. <laughs> I love your music. I love all music, oh, but I love much. your music, John Oates. Thanks for being with us on Love Someone today. Thanks very much. Bye-bye, hon. Bye. I think we all know what John is speaking about in Pushing a Rock. We've all had tough days, tough years, challenging chapters in our lives. Some folks I know and love faced health issues that were devastating. Some faced divorces or just different situations, losing loved ones, losing family. We all have a rock to push up a hill, and it's very important to hold on to hope. We're going to make it to the top. I admire John for partnering with the annual men's charity fall campaign, Movember. You know, the one where men grow mustaches to raise awareness and funds for mental health issues, focusing on suicide prevention, testicular and prostate cancer. John feels it's important for me to speak out about men's issues and shine a light on things that often go unspoken. So, John, thank you for that. 
Their motto is, whatever you grow will save a bro. Remember that this coming fall, sign up and donate at Movember.com. Last year, John began releasing a series of digital singles distributed by The Orchard. Pushing a Rock was one. It's available now. He'll continue this year. We'll find the wide variety of eclectic styles. He'll also be releasing another series of songs from the upcoming feature Gringa out soon. Thank you, John, for coming by today and sharing so much with us. I can't wait for the next single you're going to drop. One more thing to look forward to as we slide into 2023. I hope you've enjoyed today's conversations. I hope you enjoy all the conversations. If you've missed some, go back and listen to them. Love someone with Delilah. We got five years of great interviews. I know we're all busy making plans right now, but in the midst of the new year, don't forget, slow down and love someone. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.